Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 119, verses 81 through 88. My soul languishes for your salvation. I hope in your word. My eyes fail with watching for your promise. I ask, when will you comfort me? For I have become like a wineskin in in the smoke, yet I have not forgotten your statutes. How long must your servant endure? When will you judge those who persecute me? The arrogant have dug pitfalls for me. They flout your law. All your commandments are enduring. I am persecuted without cause. Help me. They have almost made an end of me on the earth, but I have not forsaken your precepts. In your steadfast love, spare my life, so that I may keep the decrees of your mouth. Jeremiah chapter 16, verses 14 through 21. Therefore, the days are surely coming, says the Lord, when it shall no longer be said, as the Lord lives who brought the people out of his, people of Israel up out of the land of Egypt, but rather, as the Lord lives who brought the people of Israel up from the land of the north and out of the lands where he had driven them. For I will bring them back to their own land that I gave to their ancestors. I am now sending for many fishermen, says the Lord, and they shall catch them. And afterward I will send for many hunters, and they shall hunt them from every mountain and every hill, and out of the clefts of the rocks. For my eyes are on their ways, they are not hidden from my presence, nor is their iniquity concealed from my sight. And I will doubly repay their iniquity and their sin, because they have polluted my land with the carcasses of their detestable idols, and have filled my inheritance with their abominations. O Lord, my strength and stronghold, my refuge in the day of trouble, To you shall the nations come from the ends of the earth and say, Our ancestors have inherited nothing but lies, worthless things in which there is no profit. Can morals make for themselves gods? Such, Such are no gods. Therefore I am surely going to teach them. This time I am going to teach them my power and my might, and they shall know that my name is the Lord. The Gospel of John, chapter 7, verses 1 through 9. After this, Jesus went about in Galilee. He did not wish to go about in Judea because the Jews were looking for an opportunity to kill him. Now the Jewish festival of booths was near. So his brothers said to him, Leave here and go to Judea so that your disciples also may see the works you are doing. For no one wants to be widely known. For no one wants to be widely known acts in secret. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For not even his brothers believed in him. Jesus said to them, My time has not yet come, but your time is always here. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify against it that its works are evil. Go to the festival yourselves. I am not going to the festival, for my time has not yet fully come. After saying this, he remained in Galilee. Good morning, and welcome to the sixth Wednesday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 119, 
Jeremiah 16 and John 7. And uh, one thing that's always kind of fascinated me um, is what scholars call the Messianic Secret. Uh, The Messianic Secret is uh, a name for the, uh, the times in which Jesus does great things, but then tells people, don't tell anybody what I've just done. My time isn't here yet. And it appears mostly in Mark, the first gospel to be written. And there's no explanation of it other than my time has not yet come. Um, but even that is like, so what? Like, why, why do people only get to know at a certain time? What does that have to do with Christ's work or, or mission here on earth? Um, and John, uh, which is the last of the four Gospels to be written, um, several decades after Mark is written, um, it seems to be critiquing the Messianic secret through the lips of Jesus' brothers. Um, they say, and I kept stumbling over it, no one who wants to be widely known acts in secret. Um, and they say, you know, if you really are a miracle worker, do let everybody see it. It's like, um, I think of like a magician, like, hey, if you're really magic, you know, let everybody see it. Um, And Jesus, of course, is a little bit uh, different than magic. Um, But they say, look, you know, these incredible gifts, like, let everybody see it, heal the world, change the way things are done. Um, And again, Here, as in Mark, Jesus responds by saying, My time has not yet come. But John adds, Your time is always here. Um, And he goes on to say, which doesn't make sense to me, the world cannot hate you. I mean, the world definitely hated Christians, and and in different parts of the world, I think, does. Um, And he says, You know, go to the festival of booths yourself. Uh, My my time has not yet fully come. Um, And at least in this part, Jesus seems to be saying, if I go there, the whole my time thing um, is essentially be put on trial and executed. And Jesus has said, I'm, you know, it's not time for that yet. Um, and Mark's gospel doesn't go into that much detail. It, it hints at it every, every so often you'll get kind of like this, oh yeah, he's referring to um, his execution. Um but for the most part, it's you know kind of random. Like he heals a girl, and he's like, "Okay, don't tell anybody." And then the text goes on. Um, and uh, at least here in John, we get the sense that you know the Jews are looking for him, the Sanhedrin is looking for him, um, and they they want to kill him. And so, um, no, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to get killed. It's not that time yet. Um, but another way to interpret it, or another way that it has been interpreted, is as like uh, some kind of humility. Um, and I, I don't know how I feel about it, other than that, yeah, I, I can see where it's coming from. Um, you know, the, there's um, uh, if humility uh, is a, a virtue for the Christian community. 
um, of of making yourself small so that God can be made big, of you know not being self serving or self interested, uh, but even you know being selfless to the point of death, unjust death. If that's really a thing, um, uh, I know uh, N.T. Wright said that he thought that it was, and he mentioned you know somewhere in one of his books where he kind of talks about it, but I don't know of very many um, kind of focused studies on both virtue ethics and Jesus as, uh, you know, whether it's humility or whatever. And that's part of what drives my interest in kind of the cardinal virtues of grunts. If if Jesus is our archetype for humanity, it looks very different than the Greek, you know, magnanimous man. It looks very different, in fact. Um, but if... This is some kind of uh, virtue. Um, you know, it 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 looks, as I've said, very different from the Greeks. It was incredibly innovative, if that's the case, um, because the Greeks uh, were, you know, Aristotle, uh, Socrates, Plato. Um, they made clear that you know to be to deny accolades that you are due makes you falsely humble or really too humble. Um, they would see it as a character flaw, um, a vice, you know, an imbalance of the mean. If you deserve this attention and these accolades, you should accept them and accept no more than are due to you. And that may be kind of uh, one way in which the writers of John, the Gospel of John, are saying, look how different we are from the Greeks. Here are Jesus' own brothers saying, Hey, you know, if if you're working miracles, do it. Like, you know, don't don't put your gifts under a bushel. Um, and I, I mention all this because I really I do think that Jesus does something different um, in contrast to um, you know kind of how uh, ancient Western civilization, at least, um, did you know, anthropology, you know, understanding humanity. Um, the ancient Greeks really thought like there's, you know, the golden mean. Uh, every virtue um, is the mean between two vices. And humility is not one of the main ones. I mean, magnanimity, you know, the, this greatness of soul and mind um, was all these different things, you know, prudence, um, patience, courage, all that stuff. And the crowning virtue, if it wasn't courage, it was magnanimity. Uh, you know, different people interpret you know the the kind of uh, the frame separately. Whether magnanimity was kind of the overarching virtue, and all of them were kind of below it, or if courage was just the the first among many virtues, so to speak. Um, and so, what strikes me as unique with Jesus is that he doesn't adhere to um, the the Greek Hellenized kind of way. I mean, we say Hellenized, uh, to, or we call these cultures Hellenized if Alexander the Great came through and, you know, p- kind of propagated the Greek culture. And Alexander was tutored by Aristotle himself. Um, so this is in the water. This is something that people in the Greek-speaking world, would have encountered, would have been thinking about. And you want uh, to be 
you know, you want to ha- have a great soul. You want to be magnanimous. Um, if you have power and prestige and wealth, that's what you do. Even if you're poor, you know, you can still be uh, magnanimous and, and great. And Jesus consistently in Mark and here again in John um, declines um, attention and accolades and praise that he's due. If he's God, it is his due to be praised, to be worshipped. And he says, it's not my time, uh, or he just you know tells people don't. Um, and so uh, I know of no other word for that other than humility. Um, and if that's true, and Christians uh, believe that Christ is the archetype for all humankind, then it you know, what does it mean for everybody to look to Christ and see the model for humanity? Um, Jesus is humble. Jesus um, experiences pain and does not shy away from it. Um, and these things, I don't think I'd think them and wonder them if I hadn't encountered theology and philosophy after you know my six years in the military, where I learned you know the the virtue of patient, you know, perseverance and endurance, uh, despite physical and spiritual trials. Um, you know, the, the kind of, uh, dogged focus that, you know, 24 mile road march requires. I see that in this, you know, three year ministry that Jesus has where, you know, his apostles are kind of idiots sometimes. And Peter's kind of got, you know, pretty headstrong and, um, John is kind of a fanboy, and um, so I think uh, that's what's that's why it's important to me to interpret the Bible through my lens, because I think there's uh, uh, I think there's something to uh, the experiences that that soldiers have, um, and that we shouldn't just leave them at the door when we enter the church, but we should um, you know show them before others. This isn't you know uh, I think that, you know to to kind of turn that back on its head that um, being humble, I don't think, is to deny who we are. Jesus, never I don't think, ever denies it. He just doesn't go to the rooftops and shout it from the rooftops. Um, but um, not, um, not concealing um, who it is, what we are, and what we bring to this world, I think, is one thing that soldiers and veterans should... Uh, can take from the witness of the Gospels, even uh, something like the Messianic Secret. A prayer for the right use of God's gifts from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, whose loving hand has given us all that we possess, grant us grace that we may honor you with our substance, and, remembering the account which we must one day give, may be faithful stewards of your bounty through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, 
you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.